as much as I appreciate the opportunity to come into my studio and to talk to you as I do on most days, there is something about being with a group of people and opening up God's Word that eh, there's a certain energy there. And I happened to come upon a message that I did uh, for dads some time back. It's about a father's example. And so today I'd like, in light of Father's Day Sunday, I would like to share with you just a, a portion of that message talking about a father's example. What should this model look like? Show me what my model ought to be. Let's continue to listen to the Apostle Paul. Turn over to chapter 10, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. The Apostle Paul, again, talks about the model he referred to in chapter 4, and now he's going to give us the ingredients of a great model. You ready to be convicted? Here we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, beginning with verse 31 through 11 and verse 1. Apostle Paul is talking about the problem of some people stumbling over the behavior of other people. Some people were very comfortable eating meat that had been sacrificed to idols. Didn't bother them that this meat had been sacrificed to idols. In fact, it was the best meat available. So when they bought it, they ate it, no big deal. But there were other people that it really bothered them. How can you eat that meat? It was sacrificed to Baal. And they got all uptight about it. Paul says, look, it doesn't matter that it was sacrificed to idols. That's really no big deal to God. But... If you have a brother or a sister who stumbles over this and it bothers them, then you ought to be sensitive. In fact, he's going to give us a series of principles in terms of how we respond and the kind of example we become. In verse 31, So whatever you do, whether you eat, drink, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Verse 32, Do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews, Greeks, or the church of God, even as I try to please everybody in every way. For I am not seeking my own good, but for the good of many, so that they may be saved. Now, look what Paul writes. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Concluding statement. Do what I do as I do what Christ did. A father is to model or be an example of a life lived to the glory of God. So whether you eat or drink, minor things, day-to-day -day things, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. A father should be a model of a life lived to the glory of God. All right, dads. Child check, what if I did one and said to your son or daughter, do you know how to live to the glory of God? Would that little girl say, that's what my daddy does. I've seen it. Even in the little things, even when it comes down to, to what I wear, what we eat, how we talk about people. See, my dad, he's concerned because he wants to, he wants to please Jesus in everything that he does. That's my dad. Whenever you approach any behavior, even in this culture, this society, here are some questions that come out of this letter to the Corinthians. Number one, will this, whatever this is, benefit me and my child? Good question. Could this enslave me or my child? Could this put me into an addictive behavior? Or could this prime the pump so that my child one day is addicted by this behavior? Number three, will it hinder our spiritual growth? In other words, we proceed to do this thing in our society, Will it hinder our spiritual growth? Does it edify? Does it encourage? Good questions, aren't they? You want to know whether or not something glorifies God? You're going to ask those four questions. Can I offer a couple? Let's ask these questions of a few basics. When I consider a certain movie to go to, here's a question. Want to know if it glorifies God? Will this benefit me and my child? Uh, could this enslave me or my child? Will it hinder our spiritual growth? Does it build me and my child up in our faith? So when you come to a movie, 
Open it up. Should we go to that movie? Ask yourselves those questions. That is, if you want to do everything to the glory of God. How about this one? Television program. Take TV Guide on a Sunday. Start to look for programs. They give you the storyline. You look at the storyline, you say to yourself, uh, is this going to benefit us? Could it enslave us? Might it hinder us? Will it edify? Make us strong in our faith. How about when you drink alcohol? Peter, I've got liberties. Great. Amen. I can't tell you how many families I've seen ravaged by the alcohol. And I don't come at this with some predisposed hang-up, my friend. I just talk to a lot of people whose lives are ripped to shreds because they got addicted to a drug. And if it's not alcohol, it's cocaine or crack. And then we profess our Christian liberties. And fine, if you feel you have a liberty to drink, great. But please, answer those four questions if you want to drink to the glory of God. Does it benefit me and my child? I doubt it. Could it enslave me or my child? Absolutely. Look at the percentages. Could it hinder our spiritual growth when you tube out on a binge? Yeah, I think so. Does it build me and my child up in our faith? I doubt it. Then why do you do it? Because our world says that's the thing you do. I'm going to tell you how God's getting through to me. I'm sitting down in groups of people, and they start to share their lives, and I discover that so many of them come out of homes that were just decimated by a father who was drunk. And then I look at these choice little kids growing up in a society that's addicted to anything and everything, and I stop and I say, I'm an example. I'm a model. Oh yeah, maybe Nieder can handle it. Maybe Nieder won't become that. Maybe Nieder's not going to have a problem become an alcoholic and end up at AA or in some Christian organization trying to get over this stuff. But what about my son? What about my daughter? What about my model? What about my example? Dads, we will repent at leisure when our child grows up and, oh, maybe we could handle it. He couldn't. And when he's 24, 25 years old, he watched you drink, he started to drink, and now he's in his mid-20s, and he's got to have another drink. How are you going to feel then, Dad? Best model you can give your child is, hey, I'm happy, and I don't need it. I don't need to find joy in the bottom of a bottle. I found it in Jesus Christ. In the movies? Kids, I don't think mom and dad should go to any movie that you can't go to. I don't think they should go to one movie that you don't go to. So if mom and dad say, this is a movie for us, but not for you, you say, well, is Jesus coming? And I'm giving you permission to do that. I don't know where to tell you to send your letter, but I'll get to you when I can. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, my kids can do that. I'll live that. I won't go to any movie that I wouldn't take my kids to. Why? Well, because the Word of God tells me I'm supposed to live a life in which my thought life is pure. So why should I go see something like that? It's not good for me. I mean, if it's not good for my child, how can it be good for me? Is this not hypocrisy? For me, it is. A father is to be a model or an example of a life that reflects sensitivity to others. Notice what he says when he talks about sensitivity. So whether we drink to all to the glory of God, do not cause anyone to stumble. Moms and dads, this is what I'm talking about. 
I'm talking about being so sensitive to these young ones that we look at the world they're growing up in, we look at the problems that older kids have, look at the problems we've had, and I stop and I say, man, my kids got to grow up in this world, and at some point they're going to have to deal with these issues. So what is the best thing I can do for my child? How can I be sensitive to the struggles my child's going to face? How can I be sensitive to the struggles they're having right now? And Paul is saying here when he writes this that we're to be sensitive to other people where they are spiritually. If some people are hung up about eating meat sacrificed to idols, Paul says, boy, be sensitive to that. If their conscience bothers them, then, then you ought to forego. What's the big deal? Don't eat that meat. Go buy another piece of meat. Might not be as good. Big deal. But honor that person. Don't do something that's going to jeopardize that individual. Boy, we've got to apply this to our young ones. Dads, can I ask you, how sensitive are you to the struggles that your son, your daughter, might be having right now? How sensitive? As they get older, what kind of sensitivities do you have to have when they start being involved in dating type situations? Do we forget so quickly the struggles we had? Yes, we sure do. But if you're going to be a great model, a great example, you won't forget. You won't forget. A father is to be a model or an example of a life that reflects sensitivity to others. And by the way, you ought to be teaching that to your child too. We've had situations come up where certain people are allowed to do certain things and our kids are not. And we've had to sit down with our children and said, you do not judge that person. You hold different convictions. So you've got to be sensitive to where they are spiritually. And so we're not only trying to do it with our children, but we're trying to get our children to do it with others. An important principle. In addition, a father is to model or be an example of a life that is not self-centered, but is self-sacrificing. Do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews, Greeks, or the Church of God. Even as I try to please everybody in everything, for I am not seeking my own good, verse 33, but the good of many. Paul, why do you do this? Why do you forego certain things that you might have a liberty to enjoy? Why do you forego these? Why are you so sensitive? Because I'm worried about their good. And so Paul says, I've got to sacrifice. Sacrifice? Paul's saying, I will sacrifice what I want. Dads, please hear it. I will sacrifice what I would want that serves me, that pleases me in order to do good. I will put aside my agenda for the agenda of my wife and my kids. Gentlemen, some of us have the attitude, we go to work, we work hard, bring home the pay, we get home, we are exhausted, we're tired, and we say, hey, I paid my price, I'm home, the time's mine. Wrong. In fact, your real work is just beginning, gentlemen, because the important work is what happens in the home. And so when you get home, it's time for you to do something that we don't like to do. And it's called lay down your life for your family. Sacrifice. Uh, we've been meddling today and I'm out of town next week. So let's keep going on this and uh, let me give an example. Are you willing to give up a game of golf to spend time with your son, your daughter? Whew. 
I'm waiting for a golf ball to come flying at my head. Somebody's putter. <laughs> That's an addictive game, by the way. You willing to give up playing tennis all the time? I'm not saying you shouldn't play tennis, shouldn't play golf. But I've seen a lot of men shelve a family to play a game. You willing to turn off the tube to talk to your wife and your kids? Are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to sacrifice? We're back in studio, and let me just confess that as I listen to my own words, I come under conviction. As I look back on how I served my family as a dad, oftentimes I fell short. They have been gracious. For the most part, they have been gracious. But I long to encourage other dads as I seek to become a better dad and now a granddad in whatever time I have left. I hope uh, you dads especially found this encouraging.